All you need to know about the Colts in one place. The Colts Daily Update starts now. Here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Colts are getting ready to head down to Jacksonville, Florida. Week two of the NFL regular season is here, and it's a place where the Colts have not tasted success since 2014. The Colts are 0-0-1. The Jaguars 0-1. They fell to the Commanders last week 28-22. Another AFC South battle right out of the chute. Another road game for the Colts. They were back on the practice field today getting ready for a big test on Sunday. I'm Matt Taylor. This is the Colts Daily Update tonight on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan joined by J.J. Stangovitz from Colts.com and the Colts mobile app. You check them out all week long with the audio, the literature, the written word, now the spoken literature. word. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. This makes me sound very highfalutin. You're like Shakespeare over here in terms of Colts knowledge. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. <laughs> that intro really, uh, really overstated my wow. work on Colts.com. But you can go read it. It's good. It's, it's just very not good. Shakespeare. Well, it's Shakespeare if you like football. It's Shakespeare for football. That's what you do on paper. Um, I mentioned that it's a, a huge motivation week, revenge week, whatever word you want to use for this team, JJ. What is the level of intensity for the Colts going into this week two matchup? I've said all week it's sort of like what is understood need not be discussed. Is that the mentality the Colts are using this week? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone knows what's happened down in Jacksonville or across the pond over the last seven years when the Colts have traveled to play the Jaguars, it hasn't gone well. Mm -hmm. It's been, you know, baffling defeats, blowout losses. It's run the whole gamut of how you could lose football games over the last seven years. Having said that, you know, it was interesting talking to Unique Ngakwe today about it, where Jan's been on the winning side of that four times in Jacksonville. And he said, you don't really – talk about it much because so many of the guys in the locker room they haven't lost seven games to Jacksonville some guys here we haven't lost any games to Jacksonville mm-hmm. and I, I think that perspective having guys like Ngakwe, Stefan Gilmore, Matt Ryan coming into this team those those pillars on both sides of the ball it doesn't matter to them you know and and yes for the players who were here last year that bad taste is still in their mouths it it's been there it's been a motivation a source of motivation for the offseason but it's not like it's living rent-free in these guys' heads, you know? Like, it's not like Jonathan Taylor is waking up on Tuesday morning and being like, oh, man, I can't believe we lost to the Jaguars last year. Yeah. He's waking up thinking, how can we beat the Jaguars this year independent of anything that's happened in years past? So I think the level of focus and intensity has been good so far. Matt Ryan said walkthrough on Wednesday was good focus. That's always a big barometer for him in terms of where the team is during the week. Mm-hmm. And – you get the sense that this is a team that feels confident based off of what they did in Houston with some of the, you know, obviously the mistakes are one thing, but the way that they played 517 yards of offense, not allowing a single point after the midway point of the third quarter on defense, that this is a game that, you know, if they go down and they clean those things up, they're going to have a good chance to win. No doubt about that. It's it's certainly wild, though. I mean, since since 2015, the Colts are 10-4, and four. In all other AFC South road games, but winless in Jacksonville. So trying to erase that coming up on Sunday. All right, Alec Pierce is still in the concussion protocol, J.J. If he can't play, we don't know what that designation is going to be. We'll find out more details on that on, on Friday. But if he can't play, what would be the Colts' plan at wideout to compensate for that? I think, you know, based on what we saw against Houston, you might see a lot of Mike Strawn out there where you're looking at someone who, you know, with Alec, he kind of only plays on the outside right now, so you're looking to replace an outside receiver. 
that guy could be strong. You know, he was the one who got the jersey, not Desmond Patman in week one. And he had a couple of those, you know, big catches, picking up good chunks of yardage from Matt Ryan against Houston. And he's a guy, Reggie Wayne was talking about him today, that he said he's got a little Megatron in him. I mean, and just from a size profile, you absolutely can say, I mean, 6'5". I walked next to him in the hallway today. Yeah. The dude towered over me. Or at least it felt that way. Yeah. You know? and, and, yeah, some some guys are 6'5", and they're like, you know, it's kind of like a shorter 6'5". Mike Strawn's not a short 6'5". <laughs> I don't know if anyone can identify with that. But, like, yes. when you're walking down the hallway with those, yeah. Um, and some of the stuff he can do – just in terms of you have to respect his vertical speed as a guy who ran, you know, ran a 4.5, thinks he's a little bit faster than that, uh, and has good reason to believe so. He's a former track guy mm-hmm. uh, in the Bahamas. But then he, he's got a pretty decent feel when to break down his routes and find that open space. So making opponents respect that speed and then finding ways to work into space is something that he you know showed a pretty decent connection with Matt Ryan with that. Mm-hmm. And we don't know about Alec yet. It's, it's Thursday. We'll see what his designation is on Friday. But he did develop the concussion during the game on Sunday, developed those symptoms after the game. Um, and we'll, we'll just kind of see what that designation is on Friday. That's J.J. Stangovitz. I'm Matt Taylor. This is the Colts Daily Update tonight. Um, you know, going back to that game against Houston, you said things really ratcheted up on defense in the second half in the third quarter, fourth quarter. Overtime is when the Colts started to get home along that defensive line. Two sacks, or I should say three sacks, two of them by Quiddy Pay. What are you expecting in terms of more production along that defensive line in, in, in game number two? Where does the consistency need to come from? Yeah, I think you, you want to see it come from the edges um, and, and then the interior – well, the edges and the interior, guys. That's the whole defensive line. What an answer. <laughs> Everywhere. But uh, the way that Jacksonville's offensive line played in week one, uh, especially on the interior, they had some issues – uh, you know, with their their starting center Luke Fortner, yeah. and then He's a rookie. Uh, yeah, the guys that are playing over at left guard. Mm-hmm. That could be an opportunity if you could get DeForest Buckner singled up on one of those guys. You'd like that matchup. Same with Grover Stewart. Grover showed a lot of pass rushing juice during training camp. He made a fantastic tackle for a loss on Rex Burkhead. You know, stopping the run is going to be a big thing for the Colts as well. Um, you know, winning on the interior probably, but then. On the edges, you know, you got Quiddy. The way that he played toward the end of that game was outstanding. He just took that game over in overtime. And then Yannick Ngakwe, he, he, as the game went on, he started to get a pretty good feel for how to beat Laramie Tunsil. He had one rush where he kind of, he kind of like Euro-stepped inside a little bit oh. on Laramie Tunsil, Ooh. and it threw Davis Mills off. He nearly threw a pick to Stephon Gilmore. I mean, yeah. it, it was almost an interception, and that I think that started with a really good rush from Yannick. So, you know, you want to see those guys win on the edge. The other the other thing on the D-line, Matt, is you want to see better rotation. Yeah. Uh, Tyquan Lewis got a lot of work. You like that. Tyquan's a really good player. He can play all four positions. But something Gus Bradley talked about this week is they'd like to have a little bit deeper of a rotation on the defensive line. That's always a unit where you got to be fresh. you got to be fresh there. you got to be fresh at running back. Um, the Colts this week are going to be fresh at kicker. We know about the move there. Rodrigo Blankenship released earlier in this week. Now it's Chase McLaughlin. Now it is Lucas uh, Havrasek. Haversek is a rookie out of Arizona. We know about Chase McLaughlin. Uh, he's been with eight different teams since 2009, or 2019, I should say, including the Colts in the last four games of the 2019 season. Kicked very well. Uh, was beat out by Rodrigo Blankenship in training camp of 2020. Those guys are both on the practice squad. 
What is the plan this week at kicker in terms of the procedure? When do you think we'll see a kicker go to the active roster? And what do you think that's that's going to boil down to between McLaughlin and, and Haversek? Right. So the Colts are evaluating both McLaughlin and Haversek this week in practice. I, I will see if if on Friday Frank Wright could tell us, could tell the media and, and the public who that kicker is going to be mm-hmm. on Friday. Otherwise, we will find out on Saturday, usually about between noon and 1.00 is when the Colts put in their their final roster moves before the game. Last week, that's when they elevated Tony Brown mm-hmm. from the practice squad to the active roster. I would expect that's when you'll find out whether it's Chase McLaughlin or Lucas Haversek. It does not sound like the Colts are going to elevate them both for this game. It sounds like they're going to take one and put them on the active Which roster. Which would mean one guy would handle all of it. Correct. Right, Kicking, right. holding, and, and kickoffs. kickoffs. And both those guys are are guys who can handle kickoffs. Chase McLaughlin's averaged, I think it's about 63 yards a kickoff in his career. Haversek, uh, in college at Arizona, he was a long field goal specialist, and he handled kickoffs for the Wildcats as well. So we'll see. We'll see what what it comes down to. Um, But I think, you know, you you look at that and you see the kickoffs, I think, are going to be a big thing here. Yes, Rodrigo Blankenship missed that 42-yard field goal that would have won the Colts the game. But he had two kicks go out of bounds. That gives the Texans, you know, that gave them the ball at the forty-yard line instead of at the yeah. twenty-five or maybe a bit shorter. Um, that if you're, if you're playing up. a different team, that that would have killed you, right? Especially right? late in the game where you're mm-hmm. you're clawing back into it. You're it's close at that point. You know, it, you would say the Texans maybe needed twenty-five yards to go win the game, right? Uh, instead of needing forty, sure. And that's a big difference. Fortunately, the Colts' defense came up big, but. Yeah, you don't want to be playing that field position game with kickoffs going out of bounds and mistakes on that. It's J.J. Stankovic, Colts.com, the Colts mobile app. I'm Matt Taylor. Check out his stuff online and the Colts mobile app. While you're there, you can check out the Colts audio network as well. We'll talk about that as we close out. But, J.J., what are you writing about heading into this pivotal game two Sunday in Jacksonville? So check out on Friday on Colts.com. I've got – I've been – Right, talking to a couple players about this, just the wide receiver blocking. It's nothing new, but the, some of the ways that the Colts are using their wide receivers in the run game is new. There was there are two consecutive plays against Houston, where Ashton Doolin was the lead blocker for Jonathan Taylor, and those two plays gained is almost twenty yards, if not more. They were awesome, just like great concepts, great execution. So I talked to Ashton about that. Talked to a couple guys just about where that mentality comes from. Spoiler alert, it comes from Michael Pittman Jr. and the physicality he brings to the Colts wide receiver room. So just, you know, an interesting little wrinkle that the Colts are able to get to some of these cool run concepts out of 11 personnel Mm -hmm. with three wide receivers on the field. With Jack Doyle retiring, it kind of has had to change how the Colts run the ball. Last year, they were so 12 personnel heavy and how they ran it with Jonathan Taylor. Now this year, you take one of the three best run blocking tight ends in the NFL and Jack Doyle leaves the team to retire you have to kind of switch things up a little bit and some of the concepts that they got to against Houston Mm -hmm. out of 11 personnel I think were really interesting and a really neat way to get to those while still then having success in the passing game so keep an eye out for that on Friday on there you go that's going up tomorrow JJ Stangovitz from Colts.com Appreciate the time, my friend. Enjoy football tonight. We got a good one. Really good one tonight. Yeah. I'm buzzing. Quarterback for this City. One. Quarterback City. Chargers, Chiefs, AFC West. That'll do it for the daily update tonight. Again, as I said, more Colts content available online if you want it on demand in your schedule. The official Colts podcast is up. Inside Football with Rick Venturi is available. Know Your Foe with Mike DiRocco from ESPN.com. He covers the Jaguars player interviews, and a ton more. We'll have more on the Colts tomorrow. Colts Happy Hour with JMV starts at 6. Until then, 
Have a great night. Enjoy football tonight. Thursday night football instant replay is coming up next here on the home of the Colts. 93.5, 107.5, the fans.